Welcome to the Undefined Podcast. I'm Jared Palmer. And I'm Ken Wheeler. And today we have a fucking very special guest, none other than Mark Del Gleesh. Mark is an ex-meme lord. You've probably seen a ton of his memes. He's the co-creator of CSS Modules, uh, the creator of Playroom, and does some CSS shit at Seek Jobs. Mark, what's up, buddy? Hey, Ken. Hey, Jared. What's up? Not much. This no, episode is uh, sponsored by G2I. Uh, we'll talk about them later in the show, but it's an awesome place you can hire React and React Native developers. But without further ado, what up, Mark? Meme Lord to Meme hey. Lord. Yeah, Welcome. or X, X Meme Lord. That's my new title. That's the first X Meme Lord. Jared picked up the torch. So, Mark, no, no. you uh, you like design systems. I, I feel like you, you. so many Twitter fights are just about the meaning of that term. Um, to me, what it means is designing in code, but a lot of people get upset about that. Um, because to me, like the, it's the code is what makes it a system rather than just some guidelines. That's how mm. I think about it. It enforces it or at least provides that structure. Yeah. Like to me, like to me, system implies like it's a running system, but that's, that's probably my developer bias. That I think that's why it was a bit of a shock to me when, that, when, you know, I talk to people that see it completely differently. And I was like, I just misunderstood the term. Um, I don't know if we have a good term for what I think of as design systems. That's the problem. Like purely technical design systems. People sort of go, oh, that's just component libraries or something like that. But like, I, I don't think that's a fair. What's that made up of? It's only a design system, first of all, if it's from a special area of Silicon Valley. Otherwise, it's a component library. It's like Spark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've talked about this with people before where like there's a, there's a separation between like a component library that's just like lets you do whatever you want. Right. You know, like you, you can just hack it to pieces. Like it, it, it's sort of assuming that you're going to build something on top. Whereas to me, like a design system is more restrictive. It's like, hey, can I do this? And the design system says, no, you can't do that. Right. So it's we like, have, it's, we're it's, trying to enforce so that, some guidelines. So when does that pay off and what's the like? ROI on that. If you're a small team, if you're a big team, where does it, where does it excel and where does it, you know, hurt? I'm not sure where the tipping point is, but like, I think you, you definitely know when you've crossed it, like where, where you've just got like, so where I work, you know, you've got like lots of teams all working independent, independently from each other and you just end up with chaos. And, and um, I don't know, I guess, you know, it when you're at that point where, you know, if I'm building a, a an app myself and it's just one or two pages i'm not going to be building a design system for it that it just so that's obviously the other extreme end of it right um i guess it's just i guess it's just when you've got um lots of people working trying to work independently is is where you 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 kind of need it right like so like 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 blueprint is the right design system it's the shit palantir it's the shit though it, it is good, but like we use it as a component library. We don't use it as our design system, or unless maybe you do. Like Ken, like explain that, you explain that a little bit more. Like you, so you're not using it for ev- for like all the look and feel. You're really just using it for its like kick ass menu thing and good. Yeah, like I'm using it as the component library, but I'm gonna fuck with it. But I feel like if you're at Palantir, you don't fuck with it. Oh, you just like, it's already like on brand. But have you seen some of the dribble stuff of like what Palantir does? Like if, I don't know if you've ever seen like their their dribble account. Like no. They actually do a lot more designing stuff than like you would think with Blueprint. Really? It's kind of interesting. It's worth a look. If you use Blueprint every day, it's worth just taking a gander at their dribble because it's like, 
it's like, oh, that's that's it's kind of nice looking actually. Shit, that's how you use it. That's the way. I applied to work there, and they were like, "Fuck off." No way. Yeah, I can tell you that I'm 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 working on my own design system. Yes. Um, and it's not gonna have blueprint. It's gonna be Tailwind based. Ooh, shout out to Adam who was on the show last week. Yeah. So Mark, like, it's not just components, right? It's things like I guess like design tokens. Yeah, I mean, so there's like hooks and stuff as well in terms of React stuff. But then there's, yeah, uh, if you want to write your own custom CSS, um, we use Treat, which is like our in-house, it's open source, but built in-house uh, CSS and JS library. And it's all it's all at build time. Um, and that has a theming system. So you you if you write your own Treat files, as we call them, you, you, if you write a themed style, you get access to the, the, um, the theme from our design system. So... <laughs> Yeah, you can sort of do both. While we're here, can you tell everybody what Playroom is? Yeah, Playroom is Playroom is a tool that came out like I I first created it as part of our. We've actually had two design systems uh, at Seek because we've um, we we our new one needed to be themed. Our old one wasn't, and it was pretty much just ground up, uh, start again. Uh, so on the website for our old design system, what I found was like design uh, designers would come and sit with me and be like can i make this with the system and they'd show me a picture you know and um and i didn't have a really good way to just quickly start hacking out a ui based on that picture like in the moment right like i felt like oh give me a minute to get some dev environment set up or something like that um and uh and so what and, and the other thing as well was like the responsive nature of it like I wanted to be able to quickly see what it looked like across multiple screens. And so as a solution, I actually hacked this up in an airport in Romania after a conference. I saw um, a Code Sandbox talk and was really like inspired by it. And, um, and uh, Eves gets so me what, going too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Smart and, kid. Uh, Dude. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. cool. Um, and so what I did was I just threw it together like in a, in a few hours to start with. It was just like a code editor at the bottom of the screen, bottom half of the screen, top half of the screen was just a row of iframes of different sizes. And um, the idea was like, I should just be able to write JSX, not like I don't have to write a whole component. Um, I was trying to make it as approachable as possible for non-developers particularly. It was sort of how I measured how um, easy it was, was like, if I can just write the JSX, I don't have to, and, and the key thing is I don't have to import any components either, right? Like I'm not, it's not like Code Sandbox where that's very much for developers. You have to sort of understand what you're doing um, in terms of like the package has got to be installed. You've got to import everything you're going to use, that sort of thing. Like with this, it was like the whole design system is there ready to go, just write JSX. And as you type, it's updating live in the iframes. And so it was kind of like this new type of design tool to me where it was like very code first, very much like leveraging JSX and the ease of, of JSX to be a, a, a good design tool. And in my head, it was, it was meant to be that sort of tool for like, if I'm, if I'm just trying to translate a design into code quickly in front of someone and get that live feedback, like that was, the, that was what it's for. So like rapid iteration, but like almost like thoughtless rapid iteration, right? Like you're not a lot of, like mostly convention based, not, 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 I guess that's like, you know, think about like convention versus config, no zero config, like truly zero config. Yeah. Cause I guess the key thing is like, um, it's similar to storybook in that you like, you customize it, you plug in like your stuff into it. Um, it. it like you, you give it the components and it will only have what you've given it. So, so why it not storybook just to ask the question? 
Yeah, this question comes up a lot. The, 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 the simple difference to me is um, Playroom is a design tool, like in the sense that if I go to your, if you've made a storybook and I go look at it, it's like I'm browsing a catalog, right? And maybe there's some, some things I can tweak or whatever, but more or less I'm looking at the examples you've given me in a catalog style, whereas Playroom's more like, it's closer to something like a sketch or whatever, where it's like you're looking at a blank canvas and it's up to you to start writing some JSX if you want to see something, right? It has snippets as well. Like you, you can say, oh, I'm going to, I, want, I have no idea what to write. You know, I'm new to this system. You can click a plus icon in the toolbar um, or as a keyboard shortcut and, and it'll give you snippets. So you, as, as the uh, maintainer of a, of a company's playroom, what you can do is you can be like, well, here are the components, but also here's a bunch of useful snippets. Um, so you can move really fast as well. I might, uh, I might have to fuck with this on my next thing. It's, it I have to give you a personal demo. Like, I think what's hard, what's hard about it is it's only as good as the stuff you put into it, right? So it's like, if you try and set it up yourself right off the bat, it might not seem super impressive because you haven't set it up. Yeah. Um, completely, yeah. I, I, it feels like the inverse of what Storybook is doing, where like Storybook would, like it feels like it would empower developers to play, Right. Well, the, what, what we found that's really cool is it's like it lets non-developers play. Is that right? Yeah. They have no problem with the JSX. Uh, you'll get, it, it, it definitely depends on the person, but yeah. we've definitely seen quite a few designers at Seek picking up on this tool. Um, because it's so, it's so like, uh, like we'll send them a Playroom link and be like, here, I, I mocked up your design in Playroom, right? And the, because we've worked so hard to make the components have really natural design language, right? And not be super techie in terms of the API decisions. It, they feel like they can go and make changes to it and it's not that hard. So Let's touch on that. You, like, what does that mean? What do you mean not techie, like, like very designer friendly? Talk about that for a second. Uh, well, like anytime we're making a design decision, we're just like working really, really hard to try and make it so that if I'm a designer, at least reading this JSX, I feel like it's speaking my language. Interesting. Can you give us an example of like a decision where you lean, where, where it's, that shows the difference? Uh, what, I, I can give you good positive examples. I'm trying to think of good uh, negative examples. Um, like, like devs like to just throw around meaningless words like container and stuff. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just love reason about <laughs> like in terms of just how we name things, you know, declarative. Um, well, uh, okay. We get, we can get into the layout component stuff. Maybe that's, maybe this is a good example. So, cause our approach to layout components is to try and avoid almost avoid CSS terminology and come up with our own, like, let's just rethink how we, like, how do we do layout and give it the names that make sense for us. Whereas I look at some other approaches to layout components and it feels like it's just like flex and box and like, like it's all just like a thin veneer over the Flexbox API, which mm -hmm. is, which is fine. Um, like there's nothing wrong with that approach, but I think the trade-off is it, 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 you know, it can start to sound more intimidating than it. Tell me you have a component be. called stretchy boy. <laughs> <laughs> You have to do it now. I'm sorry. It's it's a fucking requirement. You have to do that internally. This is a stretchy boy. This is yeah, a I mean, like, boy. Justify content space between isn't the most obvious thing if you've never heard this exactly. terminology before. Exactly. 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 That's even to a developer. It's like, what am I? I forget which is which. Yeah. Here's my hot take. The the 
Flexbox API is wrong. It should default to a line center. The it's not, uh, not controversial. Not controversial. I mean, it's maybe not controversial. Yeah. Isn't the other like, one like the flex direction up. should have been column? Like flex direction should also be column. It should not React be Native does that. Is that right? I'm not a React Native. Well, no, person. they just make the view, the, the default of view in React Native is flex column. And so the, the, the lowest level, the like core primitive of the whole thing is by default flex, like flex display column, flex column, yeah. sorry. I just thought about this. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking I, um, in hindsight, I, it was a missed opportunity to make our primitive component in our system set the default of flex direction to column. That would have been nice. I've seen sites. It's not too late. The old React, uh, I want to say, I've seen some doc sites where like they make div and they, Instagram, actually that's what it was. Instagram actually used to have in their reset, used to like set div to like display, like to flex column, which was like, like on like top level div, which was, you know, that's all or nothing. I think it's interesting with resets actually. Resets I think are one of the hardest parts of design systems. You should scale. see what, how we do CSS resets in Braid, our design system. I'm pretty proud of it. Like it's, it's, a, locally, it? it's a locally scoped reset. How does that even work? Yeah, so we have a, everything boils down to a box component, right? And you tell the box like which component it should be, right? So in our case, the props called component, everyone else calls it as, so we got that wrong. But so you say like box as, uh, you know, H2, whatever, right? Um, there's a style sheet, a locally scoped style sheet that goes with that box. And it basically like looks up a class for the reset. Got it. And so what's cool about that is it, yeah, it, it means you get all the, the benefits of the, it feels global in, that, in the fact that it affects everything. Um, but you can technically mix and match different versions of the same library, you know, in theory, where it's like they all have their own resets. You could even, you know, to your point, you could introduce a new reset and sort of selectively opt into it. Or you could, you could, have, a, you could have a context that says, I want the new reset. Right. Um, right. And it just, it's just simple. I, I think the browser right. shouldn't even have default styles. I think oh, it should just wow. be fucking completely unstyled by default. I agree. I agree 100%. But then those can would be different, right? Like it would be like, they'd like reset them differently and it'd be even more annoying. How could you I reset it differently if it doesn't have anything? Yeah, I know. Um, then again, I think the whole thing should be written in Canvas. So fuck me, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, Mark, can you tell me about Australia? I've never been and I'm fascinated. Jared, have you been to Australia? No, but I know it's 9 a.m. for Mark, and that's it's 9 a.m. Earliest, earliest guest. I don't know how you want to phrase that, but it's definitely the earliest. Usually, people are drinking alcohol on this podcast. You're sitting there with a fucking orange juice. Is it coffee? Maybe a mimosa, Ken. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I drink at nine in the morning, but you know, that's a different story altogether. He's also in the future. It's Friday for him. That's right. It's Friday, it's Friday. right now. Oh my Friday, god! Yeah. Friday, oh my god. motherfucker. It totally it's, it's changes Thursday. The entire. The entire dynamic podcast really? friday for you we have a guest that's already living the dream right basically we're still sitting here on thursday night like a bunch of fucking plebes <laughs> it's unbelievable so tell me what's australia like you're you're in melbourne yeah i'm but a, so you, you but, say it melbourne but, Mel, yeah we say melbourne melbourne, melbourne. we don't pronounce say it you say it out loud melbourne yeah melbourne Mel, melbourne what's it like it's beautiful i'm I'm actually from New Zealand originally. A lot of people don't know this about me. You're Most a fucking Kiwi. Yeah. That's not like a slur, is it? Or like fucking derogatory term. Well, it's, a, it's an accepted well, thing. Well, it was, Ken. Thank you for using it. 
I know, right? No, I just I, I know a guy that called himself a Kiwi that was from fucking New Zealand. But you never know. It was a public podcast that fucking tear me apart. Oh, is Kiwi direct? No, no, Kiwi's fine. Wait, Kiwi's great. Kiwi's um, okay. No, I, what I was gonna say is what I thought you meant is like there, there's like a rivalry between Australia and New Zealand, kind of like I'm guessing similar to uh, like the states and Canada. Similar kind. There's of no thing. rivalry. Fucking, we're better than them. <laughs> you kidding me? Um, yeah. It, I, Australia is great. It's beautiful. It's chilled. Um, I don't live uh, around, you know, kangaroos and stuff like that. That's a shame. Is, is that assume. only? Is that like a specific section where kangaroos are? Yeah. Well, there's. It's like a like a, I guess similar to the states, right? Like there there are big patches of desert, and then there are like concentrated cities at the you know yeah. coasts and whatever. It's very very similar in that respect, right? So I don't, I, you know, I don't live in the parts where the kangaroos live. Kangaroos are terrifying. I saw some video of an actual, like, in America, most of your, your exposure to kangaroos is, like, stuffed or cartoon kangaroos. But I watched some video where this kangaroo came up to this dude's back door, and the fucking shit was, like, six feet tall with claws. I was like, yo, fuck that thing. And then I saw another thing where, like, fucking dudes in Australia fight them, apparently. Or maybe it was just one dude that fought a kangaroo one time, but like, those are f- terrifying fucking beasts. We have big spiders, I think, relatively. I've I've nothing. You have really big spiders? Yeah, no, I mean, not not like the cliches, probably, but you know, big decent enough. ones. Yeah, we, we, like the ones we watch out for are, are redback spiders. They're the common, sort of the, the common dangerous spider that we'll see. That's fascinating. It's great. I mean, dude, you Fucking can just it. read the phone book at this point with your accent and all that. And like, I'm sure you just give conference talks and people are just like, wow, this person's smart. It's kind of like Rich. It's like same Rich thing Harris, the same thing. It's yeah, the British, the Aussies. There's something about talking about web development and, and accents. Like Commonwealth British. credibility. Yeah. It's you know, it goes both ways though, right? Like when we, we like, it feels like if, you're, you, if, you're, if you're American, you come to Australia, you're instantly like in charge of things. You're kidding. You, you sound no like way. you know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the, no, no, that's the, that's the complete opposite in America. Yeah. The British, like, like all, when we were kids, like all of like our fucking like um, fairy tales and shit, like all, all like the, the professors and nannies and authoritative figures were all British. Maybe that's just it. Maybe everyone just, you know, reveres everyone else's British, accents. Yeah. Basically. You don't, you don't hear your own accent, right? So, so. So Mark, tell us a little about how you got into development and like, tell us about your origin story, origin story. Yeah. I, I got into coding like at a pretty young age, but then dropped it cause it was too hard. Um, I was probably 10. Um, I learned Q, a little bit of Q basic. Um, I actually oh, yeah. taught myself. Yeah. I actually taught myself my times tables in primary school by writing a, like a command line quiz. Um, and uh, that was basically the only program I ever wrote uh, until I was much older. But um, then I, so then separately, so that was like in, in the, the back of my backstory. But then like I, I, I was just, it was the 90s. I was super interested in the web just in general. Like there's a lot of buzz about it. I was into computers, but like my computer was, you know, not connected to the internet, not connected to anything else. So it was like, for me, the idea that, oh, I could be like sending stuff to my friends and, and all of that. Like it just even as a kid, like I could tell, like that was just amazing. Right. Like, and so I picked up a book when we were out uh, shopping one day with the family, like there was a book on the shelf about HTML, creative HTML design. 
And, um, and I picked up that book and kind of, that was that, like I was just into, even though, again, I didn't have the internet at home at the time. Our computer was like too old and, and rusty for the internet apparently. Um, but, uh, but it could run a web browser and it could make, uh, uh, I could write HTML and that was kind of it. And then, and then just bit, so everything I've done is like building on top of that foundation. Like I was interested in HTML and design and that like the web is a design medium. And then I learned CSS and then eventually picked up JavaScript. And I was very lucky in that like programming was too intimidating for me in general, but JavaScript was so simple back then. We've changed that now, obviously, but like you just throw some scripts around and there you go. You've got some stuff happening on your page. Like it was very, you go to school for this shit? Uh, sort of like I, I, I went to, yeah, like I, I, I didn't really get anything out of it though. Like, I think I went, I, I went to TAFE is what we call it here. I think like a trade school is what you call it. Wow, is that they right? had, what they call they it? programming trade school. Yeah. Well, well yeah. It, like we learned Java and JSP and usually like here, like you learn how to be like a plumber or some shit. Maybe I've got the, the term wrong. I don't know. Community college. Is yeah. That... Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, that one. Hey, I got I got it mixed up. I I too learned Java there. Yeah, it wasn't very helpful. I think if any like that if anything that almost scared me off programming even more cuz I'm like this is not fun. I'm not enjoying this. No. At all. I just want to make uh, websites like So I'm curious when when you're not programming, what are you into? I know you're a family man, but what what else do you like? You know, if you weren't doing programming, what would you be doing? What are your passions? Uh well, this is the thing. This is this is where maybe it sounds sad. Like, it like, it is it is my passion, programming. Still. Um, well, it's That's a beautiful like, thing. It, it's I, if I had the time for it, I, like like you said, I'm a family man now. I've got no time for anything. Basically, heard that. Like even just even just sitting down to play a, a video game to me feels like like work, because I just want to sleep. You know, I'm so tired. Um. I don't sleep, so yeah. Too much. I like. I like. Right yeah. <laughs> so that, I guess I guess that's the answer of what I'm. You know, other than programming, is playing a little bit of Switch. Yeah, that's Switch is your shit. Love that. Can you just um, downloaded uh, Cyberpunk? Right? How's how's that? I got it's really like, good. It's good. It's really good. So it's it's funny. Um. Um. Like like the first like five minutes of the game, right? At least in the in the the track that i fucking chose right you um you walk into this like bar right and you look around and it's it's very fucking sad i mean i played like maybe like 10 minutes tops of it my kids came down and watched wanted to watch peppa pig or some shit <laughs> so <laughs> i um i go oh, and i look right and on the wall of the bar <clears throat> they have this neon sign that's amazing it has like this like fucking like i it has like this like head and then underneath it says uh fuck to death and I, uh, I already uh, started communicating with an Etsy neon sign seller about getting that made custom. <laughs> it's going to be so fucking sick in order to put it in my studio. It's going to be good. <laughs> God, what a good game. <laughs> All right. I, it's going to take like a day and a half to download for me, but I'll really get that shit started. Fucking Connecticut plebe internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mark, back to design system for a second. What's like the most common mistake that, people make in react these days that you'd like to see corrected besides react. using it besides using it well done said kid yeah that's a good one good zing man <laughs> really yeah. good zing. got him we got him yeah 
react specific i don't know that's a tricky narrowing it down to react but no, i don't know if this anything, is i don't know if this like, i don't know yeah. if the well uh maybe just like just like throwing css on everything let's say that well just oh, really, like versus as using in, like okay. inheritance as in, rather than rather than like trying to build up a dsl you know like because i mean that's the beauty of components right it's like you get to be like Okay, CSS is just like private detail of, of a component, right? Um, you, like I try to get those components as small as possible, but like composable. Whereas like, I think if you just start throwing CSS props on everything, like I have nothing against the CSS prop in, as a concept, but like if you start just having giant walls of markup with or tailwind or whatever it is, like just um, styles thrown over everything, I feel like I'm back in, in my head, like I'm back in what I used to be doing in Angular days where I'm just writing these like templates, right? Like entire pages of just stuff going on. So I'm curious, like, you know, being a, a, a connoisseur of the design system, what is your take on web components? Ken. <laughs> You're setting me up. Um, This is a controversial one, Ken. Thank you. I know. Uh, I know. We're, we're, we're not we're useful. Here, it's not. It's not controversial. We're here to have fun. Well, no. The yeah, thing no, is, like, I, like uh, so, it so it's great. it's it's a very cheap and stupid way to to make a design system cross applicable. But um, you know, like if you want, like, like say you were to switch away from React internally, um, how do you remain resilient with the design system that you have in place? How do you draw the um, line so that you don't fuck yourself by getting married to a framework? I don't know if there's a way to avoid that, really, ultimately. Like, I, I mean, I think what you can do in a design system sense, I, I think this is where it's useful to sort of separate out, maybe separate out like, well, this is where React shines and that the CSS is at least separate. You know, you, yeah. could, you could say like, you know, we, we use, um, well, like if you, you're talking about Tailwind, right? Like if you just go all in on Tailwind, you're not coupled to React for that for that aspect of it. So that's like that's a good way to do it if, if you're concerned no, about it, that. It really works nicely too with marketing sites. Like if you actually just need to have a static, like you can prototype. What I like about Tailwind too is you can you, you can prototype Tailwind without React. Like you don't need to, and you just toss it in there and it's it works, which is kind of nice, right? Um, but yeah, but I, I don't know, Ken. Like, dude, you're gonna rewrite your app anyway. Like this idea that you're gonna like. Keep your have this code base shit. forever. What this? Yeah, that's I. I, I was telling somebody Dutch I forget, I forget what I was talking about, but it's like so dumb. It's like you know, you write this code like it's going to be around for fifteen years, but you design this shit every year and a half anyway. So, so it doesn't matter, dude. They're going to change the colors, going to change the theme. You're going to redo it no matter what, or it's going to evolve and look like shit. Like it doesn't matter. Like this idea that you're going to like reskin your app, like fucking bullshit. It's not real. I do reskin the app. But we didn't we didn't switch frameworks, right? No, that's what I mean. Like if you're switching to Svelte, like you're gonna make some tweaks. Yeah, that's safe to say. You're gonna make several well, I think, tweaks. Uh, uh, but I mean, if you're a corporation, think, that's a different fucking story, man. Like if you build yeah, if up like, like yeah. if you're like a huge corporation and you've built up this like not only like design system but like style language and all this infrastructure around it, like. You know, like switching to Svelte isn't this fucking flippant decision, right? It's no, like, no, no, of course not. It's like, it's like, ah, shit. How the fuck are we gonna do this? But the idea that you're gonna like reuse the same exact classes is also not necessarily. Like, 
I mean, it would be it'd nice. Be, it'd, be, it'd be nice, but it's not like a like it's not a. There's so much money being thrown at this. It's not like if it's not possible, I feel like it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it doesn't matter to me because you know, fucking. If anything, you get paid for a longer duration. It's almost <laughs> but, because like it's like because it's components and there's and and at least with felt you're like encapsulated styles like re-implementing it even though there'd be like two sources of truth whatever in svelte like if you're going to svelte like wouldn't be the dumbest idea what i'm saying is if i own the company yeah i'd be like how do we make this suck less and if you're a big old company you don't give a fuck but if you're like a smaller you know kind of real real punchy aggressive little little heel pit bull so to say right like yeah you want to you want to get in front of that right yeah, I guess that's true. Mark, do you think having a design system is an asset or a liability? Or does it depend uh, on how well it's I, maintained? I, I, if I was to pick one, I think asset for sure. Interesting. Um, because I've seen, I've seen the, I've seen the lack of a design. What do you think? I don't, if a design system is not like core to your product, you shouldn't fucking use it. Like you should just use material you um, want, blueprint. Like I really think you're you're wasting time. Like there's unless, a point at which it makes sense. Oh, I, th- I agree with you. I agree with you. But I also think there's a like from an early product perspective, you're starting something new and you don't have like crazy amounts of funding and all this other stuff. Like you have to make your decisions wisely, right? I definitely see too many apps like I'm going to build this custom and it doesn't add anything to the product in any way, shape, or form, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's just busy work. It's just busy work, and and you're slowing yourself down because instead of taking an off-the-shelf thing that's d- built with Material UI or Ant Design, it's like, yeah, it's like some it's like a sharded database for some shit that ten people use. Right, and then you're like... going to waste another day rebuilding it anyway. You build the same fucking thing, and it's going to be not as good, but. I've also been in situations where great design system because it copies like some of the best stuff, but doesn't actually implement everything. And so you're in the same situation where you've got like great buildups of things that like are, are, are used, but it's, it doesn't have everything. And so you're sort of limited there in some, in some respects. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a going all in on it is a commitment. And I think that one of the biggest things, right. One of the biggest facets of why you would do it, is to establish consistency across a suite of applications, right? If you're making one app, like, eh, right? If it's a big enough app, right? Sure, right? But like, if you're at a, if you're at a place that has external apps as well as internal apps, makes sense. And you don't want people fucking wasting time on bullshit styling, then I think it makes a ton of sense because yeah. there's something to be said about having a cohesive surface to all of this. right where it's like you're not going from app to app and it's a different fucking thing as you know titillating as that may be um you know like there's always going to be the one that people love to use because it's fucking great and you know looks good and that's the one that everything should look like you know i agree if you're also managing vendors and you're having like if you're a big big corp and you're like i'm gonna have people work for my like on something for my company having that like well-documented design system pays so many dividends so they don't just make shit up on their own I remember I was doing consulting. We were building the design system just for that reason, for this very large media company. And what we saw when we like evaluated the project was an absolute shit show. They had hired all these vendors, 
that had basically rolled everything on their own for each one of these individual apps. And it was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just mayhem and uh, getting that under the same roof feels good. Yeah. I, Specifically I also, for the upgrade path, right? Because if you right. go decide to change something else, it's yeah. a lot easier. If you're a startup or you're like trying to do a hack on a side project, totally not worth it. Dude, if I, if I started and I'm not going to start a startup because I'm risk averse. Right. But if, let's say, let's say I did start a startup. If you think I would have these motherfuckers out here fucking trying to build for scale, you're out of your mind. I would be like, I'd be like, fucking do it all inline. Fucking make it the most disgusting code you've ever seen in your entire life. Fucking get this shit done. Like, make it like, yeah. I just want this shit to work. I want a, I want an MVP in the fucking capital letters. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I, I feel you. Like, I would, I would just jump into like material or jump into blueprint or like, jump no, but I need to set up all these fucking serverless nodes and yeah, yeah, like, sort of the hype yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. So fuck this shit. Absolutely ridiculous. And you waste like time, money, and resources. And it's like, I'm, honestly, I think it's like a procrastination thing on, on at the end of the day. Sometimes with like some people, they just, I like to call it the procrastination masturbation paradox. The procrastination, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a mix of both. And it's in response to a fear to getting work done. And where you'd rather spend the afternoon working on like a fucking modal and you're like, I'm going to make it super, not that accessibility is not something you should care about. You should care about it. We should care about it like indirectly by picking an existing tool that already deals with it. Yeah, that's the thing. Not the, fucking not accessible modals exist. Yeah, so exists. And that's what you should be coding by scratch. Jimmy like fucking Q coder who doesn't know shit about accessibility shouldn't yeah, be but, trying to rewrite his own. Afternoon, like, I'm going to have a better modal API. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and read the fucking standards and try and implement it personally. Fuck you. Well, it's just like, I don't really want to build this feature is really what you're doing. Use Reach. Get the fuck out of here. Use Reach. No, dude, the new thing, React Spectrum from Adobe. Really? New shit. Yeah, dude. The Adobe team is like, so that they did was this, not Spectrum, um, Aria and Stately. So they have this, their like component library mm-hmm. is uh, is like split into three things, like React Aria, React Stately, and React Spectrum is their actual library. There he is! React Aria is just the accessibility parts. React Stately is like the state. And then React Spectrum is their own design stuff. But you can use React Stately and React Aria with Tailwind. And all you do is the styly fun part. They take care of all of the accessibility and like state for like a lot of these complicated. Now nah, it's not like it's not done yet, but it's farther along than Reach UI. It's like if Reach UI kept going. We gotta do an ad read. Yeah, we sure do. And our sponsor today is motherfucking G2I, which rules, might I add. G2I is the only marketplace on the internet for specialized developers. They focus on finding and vetting JavaScript developers that have deep domain knowledge in one or two areas. When you hire a React Native developer on the G2I platform, they will have passed a test specifically designed to vet their intricate knowledge of the ins and outs of React Native. With vetting that is extremely deep, each G2I developer goes through cultural vetting, language assessment, a code challenge and a technical interview that are specific to the tech stack the developer wants to work with, right? So G2I believes in complete transparency in the hiring process. You'll receive technical profiles of each developer that includes a detailed assessment and performance ranking of their code challenge and technical interview. G2I will also provide the code a developer wrote and access to a recording of their technical interview. I promise you it fucks. 
Um, you can learn more about how G2I can pair you with the perfect developer for your project and budget. You go to g2i.co forward slash sign up. And uh, that's how you get started. I can't say enough good things about G2I. Um, I had a friend ask me earlier. He was like, fucking, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm looking for like work and shit. Da, 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 and I'm, you know, anybody hiring? I was like, I don't, but fucking check out G2I, man. You fucking yeah. contract, make some bread. It's crazy. Like when you're contracting, like you really make some fucking bread. Like indeed you do. You, you lose like cash. the stability, I suppose, of like salarymen work, but like it is just bread.com forward slash paid. Yeah. I mean, look, that's not going away. I think, you know, no. you, you, you got to pay the bills, like you do some contract work and then around the rest of the year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a contractor. A little bit sometimes again i'm i'm too risk averse I'm a, I'm a mercenary sometimes i'm a fucking dad with a more I, I don't do it like full-time anymore any way shape or form i just do specific projects to cover my rent for the year now and then i don't need to work i was a if i was a young man work on formium i would contract my fucking balls off yeah, I mean, you just get that cheddar right like it's yeah it would just be cheddar by the way if you are like freelancing don't call yourself a freelancer that's like the first fucking rule. We should do a freelance episode. Really? Yeah. What do you call yourself? You call yourself a consultant. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first rule of freelancing. <laughs> so, Mark, on this show, uh, every single time we do it, we have a thing called picks where you take something that you think fucks and you tell the folks at home so they can understand and uh, they can fuck as well. Do you have anything? Well, you know, I'll start with you, Jared. Do you, what are your picks for the week? AWS Amplify announced container services today, hmm. which is nice. It's like Fargate ECS managed. Basically, they did like the Vercel thing, the Vercel 1.0, uh, where you like do all this Docker stuff. But I couldn't get it to work. I spent like two hours trying to get it to work. So, yeah, we got the, you know, we're going gonna, gonna to holler at, uh, at Natter and see what the fuck is up. But, yeah, so like Amplify is now container services, which is pretty sweet. And then the other thing, uh, little Bi- this um, this iOS game I'm playing called Little Big Little Big Snake. It's actually pretty fire. You know the old snake game on your phone, classic, right? Yeah. So this is basically battle royale snake with a bazillion people. And your snake just grows. What? Other people have snakes, and your snakes just keep growing and shit. And you like can go fuck other people up and kill them. Um, and you just grow your shit. It's awesome. I play it with my nieces. Um, and it's it's mindless fun. It's just like hilarious. So little big snake. That's my game of the week, I guess. I gotta download Cyberpunk. I gotta just start that download. Cyberpunk's Maybe. very good, but it's not my pick. It's not your pick. What's your pick? Oh man, what is my pick for this week? Oh, third um, pick, third pick. Wait, wait. that thing that Evan, that Evan, that that sauce, which I don't even remember the name of, because I just fuck. That yeah, sauce, yeah, yeah, no, 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 old I grandma chili crisp. I bought, I that, bought shit. that shit too. It's so good. It's it so is so good. fucking it's good. So good. <laughs> I made um, I made scallion pa- like shrimp scallion pancakes last night or two nights ago, and I put it on it. Phenomenal. Really, I put it on uh, I put it on fried rice, mm. and I also put it in ramen. And it was lovely. Oh, it's just, it's got that MSG tingle to it. You know, it's like, mm. I'll tell you what, man, that is good shit, man. I fucking like it. It's a little crispy, but it's yeah. good. It's, it's not good. too hot. It's not, not too hot, hot at all. 
but you know it's, it's just right so shout out to evan you for giving that suggestion yeah he fucking threw it out on it, and it was pretty good all right sorry ken now your picks i totally forgot my picks for the week i gotta think about it again for a second like what are my picks for the week my picks for the week my picks for the week oh have you ever had chicken kiev yeah it's really good i've yeah. had it like out but like then like i um i have these meat guys these italian guys that show up in my driveway with a fucking cooler in the back of a pickup truck hold on tell me the- back up what yeah so the, the, so like i was uh i was hanging out one day at my old house and these fucking guys are in my driveway right these these two itals right and they're like they're like hey oh, oh. and i came over i'm like what's up buddy and they're like they're like hey we got these meats da, da, da. We, we we do the meats for the guy next door yeah we want to see if you want them i'm like all right let's see what you got here let's see these meats so they fucking open the cooler right and these guys have like individually shrink wrapped like ribeyes and shit like that and i've been buying meats off them for a long time now right like fucking two years probably maybe longer and um they come with new shit all the time. I always get ribeyes or always get porterhouses or something like that. But then, you know, I'll go with a, with a weird pick, right? Like this week I went with, um, uh, like, like fucking apple brie chicken stuff, like apple brie stuffed chicken breasts. I might have that in like a minute. I don't know. I don't know what she made. I, she's on my podcast nights. My wife cooks. So maybe I know. podcast nights the best. Yeah. It might be like a vegetarian meatball with spaghetti but it, it, it very well might be this fucking brie apple chicken. But they gave me chicken Kiev. And I'll tell you a funny story about this chicken Kiev. Um, Please. I, I, I made it in a toaster oven, which you can do. And I got all fucked up. And I made it at like midnight. And like the inside of chicken Kiev is basically butter. So like I you. didn't. Yeah. So it like it like leaked all over the bottom of the really toaster oven, and these kids wanted um, uh, like like toast in the morning. So the shit is all over the bottom of the toaster oven, so it like makes the whole house smoky and fucked up. It's like lighting on fire. So my wife is like, clean it. So I went in there with a paper towel in the morning, all fucked up, right? Like all hung over, and I went in there and I burnt my hand like like really bad. Oh, dude, how how bad? Like re- like like fucking like you know like the bar in a toaster oven, like the the red bar. Yeah. Like. I had like two bar marks. I had like the first one, which was deep. And then the second one, no. which was a little bit more shallow because I went back in to clean it out. It was fucked up, man. But um, yeah, that chicken, chicken, cat fox, dude. What a, what a, what an amazing food. Dude, as a developer, hand injuries are probably one of my biggest pet peeves. I know. I, I know. fucking hate it when I you know it was crazy, though, hurt my hands in any way. What was crazy about it was that it was so hot that it like cauterized it. Like it didn't hurt. And you know, you get like burn and you get like a blister that rises up off of your shit. Like yeah, terrible. It wasn't even like that. It just like fucking sealed the skin shut. And it was just like this crazy looking red line on my fucking like, yeah, like it never blistered, never hurt. It was just like this like piece of skin that fucking died and is never coming back to life. It was Four fucking, it was that hot. Did you ever look into insuring your hands? I did. I actually have a quote out right now. I'm looking into it. Like, I literally have a quote in my mailbox. I need to call the guy back right now. Look at this. She just told me. She says, spaghetti or veggie rotini. Fuck that. I'm having spaghetti tonight, boy. I I would insure my hands, I think. You can insure your hands for a fucking significant amount, believe it or not. I feel like that's... I don't know. I feel like... It's it's really the bad. Can you imagine if your fucking thumb got cut off and you couldn't hit a space bar, what your life would be like? Well, I use my on Twitter. Phone. I can't remember who the guy was, but there was a guy on Twitter who uh, did like all voice-driven coding. And that was Josh. Like a lot Pimmel. of the blind guys do, but Josh. Yeah, Pimmel that's it. That. Yeah, that's yeah. right. 
Yeah, and that was really right. cool. But you know, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not trying, not trying to fucking do that. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome he does does it, and good for him. And sad he's hurt. But fuck yeah, like if I can avoid that, I'm gonna. That'd avoid be superb. That. that would be sweet. So my second right. pick is oh. having someone else put your roof Christmas lights on. Oh. It was very emasculating. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but you hired someone to do it. I did. I did. I, I did every other light. I just didn't do the roof. They were they coming at me with this quote. They wanted to do everything. And I was like, not only is that too much money, but it's just unnecessary. So I had them do the roof line. And I can't recommend it enough if you've ever been on a roof before. Have you been on a roof before, Jared? Yeah. It's have you been on a well, roof? Like, before? have I? Yeah, I have. I have. But like not on like a not like a house roof, I guess. Like like no. Have you been twenty eight like, like- feet in the air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, yes, I have been 20 feet in the air. No, I haven't been on a house roof. But yes, I have been on a roof of like an apartment building or like a, you know. In the oh, city. yeah. And so I'm saying have you been on like a sloped fucking angled residential no. roof? No. That's what I'm saying. I, like, you know, I think I've only done that when I was a kid, when I had no fear. If I did yeah. it now, I would be very scared. Probably. My fat ass would fall off and crack the pavers and God knows how much that would cost to fix. So good investment i'm gonna pick some like workhorses things that i, I just can't live without like uh, Go because on. one the first thing is like i know jared keeps talking about it um i'm gonna throw a, a another vote on it is uh change sets it's changed my life. yeah like uh for me like the the biggest thing that I, I i got out of change sets was it's dramatically improved our release notes like that was yeah. that was the I would say that was the problem we needed to fix. We had semantic release. Like we were definitely big on, like we went through a phase of manually releasing our, our you know, internal packages. And we were like, this is taking too much time. We need to automate it. So we went with semantic release. But then the problem with, if you've used semantic release, the problem is like, you pretty much only have a commit message to describe. Yeah, you, you only have 50, char- what is it, 60 characters or whatever it is. Yeah. And then we're like, and then we sort of went in and out of, well, do we write markdown in the commit? like description or like what you then know, you gotta like, like fucking run it from the command line which is whack yeah like, it was just it never and so it felt like as a result our release notes were not great and chain sets just completely changed and now i like have a full markdown document that i can write for a given change and i can have like code snippets in there and with syntax highlighting and everything like and it's just like i could never go back it's so good it's so it's good. so good and then it's it's so good dude I'm so happy that you fucking found that and like that it works for you. It's so fire. Yeah. Um, so if you, if, if you're doing, if anyone out there is like doing package development and like manually releasing your stuff, just stop. The other one is, uh, th- this is a very safe one maybe, but like TypeScript. I was reminded yesterday. That's by too safe. Him. You have to pick a different thing. That uh, is way okay. too safe. That's bullshit. Sorry. I, I just want to say, Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. No, I, I guess my Pick other, other pick, one. Let's go something next. The, the other one. This is actually, so this is this is something I haven't actually used myself. I've just sort of looked at. But you I, haven't used I, TypeScript. I, I still want to uh, give a lot of props to it. Is Blitz.js. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The the reason why is because I th- I feel like um you know as much as I enjoy the complexity of the JS uh, ecosystem, I'm kind of pining for a simpler Ruby on Rails esque stack. Well, uh, if if I want to go wait, to my there with you, bud. just wait a few months with React Flight. So, Mark, um, how can people follow you? Uh, Twitter is the best place. So, yeah. I wanted to throw in one non-tech pick. Very okay. Quickly, yeah, throw one on. Give me. Which is uh, Super Mario Galaxy. 
Woo. I missed it the first time around. And I'm playing it now in the, the Mario 3D All-Stars uh, pack. And that is a brilliant, brilliant game. Like tight game design. Beautiful, beautiful work. Love it. Love if you haven't it. played it, please play it. Have you guys played it? I have not. I got it. I, I, um, I, I don't have a Switch. I do have a Switch, but it's like very often not charged because the kids play the Switch. Yeah, I have this problem too. Yeah, so like I, you know what I have? I have this fucking thing. The um, did you get a PS Five? Are you are you buying the new Xbox again? Um, yeah, but you know what? I'm not gonna like blow somebody to fucking wow. get it. So it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna wait when, when when it's like available to buy. I'm gonna pay money for it, you but like I'm not gonna like sit there and like fucking like hack websites to get the fucking thing. Like, are you, are you gonna get the X or the S? Which one? Like the light? I don't Whatever know. the higher end one is, I don't give a fuck. You know? Yo, like, how I'm about those fucking it. AirPods Max? What's the deal with that? Yo? They look so stupid, but I want them so bad. <laughs> like, like it's the ugliest fucking unnecessary headphones like i literally have some fucking bose qcs right here and fucking and i have airpod pros you know i'm still gonna buy them you are you are yeah because that's Get how apple works that's how apple works that's how apple do are you i don't know let me tell you how it's gonna go you're gonna get. I'm gonna. Them I'm gonna them. not buy them. I'm gonna be like an asshole. I'm gonna be like, no, they're fucking stupid. I'm not gonna buy them. And then I'm gonna be on an airplane, sitting next to someone that has them on. When are you? Gonna I'm gonna fucking an hate them the entire time. And when are you gonna be in the airplane? I don't know. But the next time you are, you'll see them. The next time I am, I'm gonna see somebody with those fucking headphones. I just don't know I'm gonna what see I'm gonna in the airport. Wear I'm gonna be like, you think you're fucking better than me? And I'm gonna get I'm the headphones. Like, <laughs> when am I gonna wear these over-the-ear headphones? Like, fuck is that? I wear over-the-ear headphones all the time. I just have speakers now. Like it's, I'm in my own. I don't library. use speakers. I don't use speakers. Fucking, I have children that get pissed off, and I have a wife that gets pissed off. Like, I feel that my entire yeah. life is in headphones. I sit there with one AirPod in on the couch, watching fucking OnlyFans while they're fucking watching Peppa Pig. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> We're still live, aren't we? Yeah, we are. On that happy note, kids, we probably should end this episode. Uh, thanks for for joining us this week uh mark thank you for coming along it's mark thank you so much man thank you um, so yeah uh on that happy note kids uh next week we'll be back uh for the undefined podcast i'm jared palmer and i'm ken wheeler fuck you guys <laughs> all of you all of you fuck and you. yes all of you and mark's great i love you. i love you though and g2i is fantastic